Those of you going to class, feel free to do so at this time. And those in the sanctuary, if you have your Bibles with you, I'm going to ask you to turn with me to Matthew chapter number 25. Matthew chapter number 25, a familiar passage of Scripture for most of you in this room. Uh, but we are going to begin our journey there this morning. And we're going to just see where the Lord takes us. If you're visiting with us, once again, let me say we're so honored to have you. So thankful that you're in the room with us today. And we're believing the Lord to minister to your heart this morning. I, uh, I'm glad to be home. It feels like I have been everywhere because I have been everywhere. In the last four weeks, five weeks, I have been gone more than I've been home. And, uh, but it's good to be home and uh, it seems like we come home and do service and then leave again. And it's just been, it's been really crazy, but it's been, I'm seeing God do some amazing things. But this past week we was able to get a little bit of rest and spoil some grandkids. So that's always awesome. And uh, so, and uh, we're, we're so thankful for that time. But we're glad to be home. And I do encourage you to come be with us tonight, 6 o'clock. I know it's been quite some time since we did anything on a Sunday evening. But uh, Brother Murray Galloway and his family, you will be blessed by them. Uh, uh, Southern Gospel, but at the same time, it has uh, got a little twist with it as well. Murray has written some wonderful, wonderful music. And God has blessed them over the past year. And uh, he'll be sharing some of his story. Uh, but uh, he has been faithful and uh, to the call of God in his life for many years and and in this season of his life God is blessing him and his family and uh, we're just looking forward to spending some time with them this evening so I encourage you to come you will be blessed by their ministry and uh, so come and support that if you would but this morning I know y'all just sat down but you were going to get your exercise in if you're able if you're not able I understand but if you're able this morning in honor of the word of the Lord I want to share with you Matthew chapter 25 beginning in verse number 1 through verse number 13. And if the Lord would help me today, I want to preach for a few moments on this thought, the missing fragrance. Then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened unto ten virgins, which took their lamps and went forth to meet the bridegroom. And five of them were wise, and five of them were foolish. They that were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. While the bridegroom tarried, they all slumbered and slept. And at midnight there was a cry made, Behold, the bridegroom cometh. Go you out to meet him. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said unto the wise, Give us of your oil, for our lamps are gone out. But the wise answered, saying, Not so, lest there be not enough for us and you, but go ye rather to them that sell and buy for yourself. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came, and they that were ready went in with him to the marriage, and the door was shut. Afterward came also the other virgin, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, Verily I say unto you, I know you not. Watch therefore. For you know neither the day nor the hour when the Son of Man cometh. For a few moments today, I want to talk to us today in verse number three, verse number two rather. And the five of them were wise and five were foolish. 
Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you again for the privilege to be in your house with your people. I thank you for the blessings of life that you've given us, and I thank you for your presence that I feel in this room today. But Lord, for the next few moments, I ask that you would anoint this vessel to speak your word as you've given it to me in a place where we have abode together in private, Lord. And as you've pricked my heart, Lord, help me to speak under the anointing of the Holy Spirit this morning. Lord, not out of a place of condemnation or not to bring judgment, but Lord, to bring awareness to that which we are currently finding ourselves in. Give us ears to hear, hearts to receive today, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Thank you today for honoring the word of the Lord this morning. I believe that this morning it is very important that we teach a generation that our decisions, whether they be good or evil, have consequences that not only affect us, but those around us. And therefore, we must understand today that if there's ever been an hour in which we are sensitive to the leading of the Holy Spirit, it needs to be now. Many of you in this room have grown up in the church in some manner. You have been exposed to multiple teachings and doctrines and theology throughout the years. You have listened to preachers that you loved and you've listened to preachers that you didn't care too much about. Let's just be honest. And all of those things factor into how we process and think. But can I tell you, it is not enough for you and I to be molded by men. We must be molded by the power of God's word. Now, I am not going to attack my heritage or anything of that nature, so don't be nervous this morning, all right? But I'm going to bring us to a place where I believe we need to clearly understand the word of God is written for us and the Bible is very clear for us that we are to work out our own salvation with fear and trembling. Listen, the Holy Spirit of God will reveal the Word of God to you in a manner where you're able to walk upright and holy in the sight of God without a lot of this other stuff that we have been exposed to through our lives. Now, Proverbs chapter 13 verse number 20, Solomon makes it very clear. He that walketh with wise men shall be wise, but a companion of fools shall be destroyed. Now, there's some things, if you and I are going to be men and women of God, you just can't walk with. You just can't be a companion of. Now, isn't it ironic that in this hour that we're seeing such destruction today in a time when men are doing that which they desire instead of following God's plan for their life? It is that which I've spoken of often as ancient Israel has done. When they did that which is right in their own sight, it was the lowest time of productivity and the lowest time of blessing in their history. And today we are now in a culture, not just in the world, but unfortunately in the church world, where men are doing everything that they desire to do, and yet we still find ourselves with empty buildings and, and, and lives that are left without power, without authority, and then we wonder why things are not working. This is not a legalistic message this morning, but this is a message of warning to a generation that has been led to believe 
that they can do and behave however they want and still have Jesus. Can I tell you this morning, that's not true. We clearly see it's only possible this morning for God to become our Father when we choose to come out from among the world. Notice with me, that's not my words, but Paul was writing to the church at Corinth. Notice he wasn't writing to the world, but he was writing to the church. And he simply said this in chapter 6, verse number 17 and 18. He says, Wherefore, come out from among them, and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you, and will be a father unto you, and you shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. But Paul did not stop there. There was another group of people, the church at Ephesus, and he began to write some words to them, and you find it in your Bible in the book of Ephesians, and chapter number five, and notice what he says. Stay with me. We're going to start a little slow this morning, but I believe the preacher will show up in just a few moments, Uh, but we find that in verse number one of chapter five, he's writing not to the world, but he's writing to the church at Ephesus, and Paul, by the unction of the Holy Ghost, he writes these words, be ye therefore followers of God as dear children children and walk in love as Christ also hath loved us and hath given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet smelling savor. But fornication and all uncleanliness and covetousness, let it not be once named among you as become a saints, neither filthiness nor foolish talking nor jesting, which are not convenient, but rather giving of thanks for this ye know that no whoremonger nor unclean person nor covetous man who is an idolater hath any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. But notice verse number six, let no man deceive you with vain words. For because of these things cometh the wrath of God upon the children of disobedience. But be not ye therefore partakers with them. For ye were sometimes darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as the children of light. Notice this, for the fruit of the spirit is in all goodness and righteousness and truth. Proving what is that acceptable unto the Lord and have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. We could stop there, but we must continue on because in verse number 14, it says, Wherefore he saith, Awake thou that sleepeth and arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Wherefore, be not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. And be not drunk with wine or in excess, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Can I say this this morning? We are past due for a holy boldness to once again grace the platforms of the American church and begin to preach truth in an uncompromised way. We have allowed men and women to dilute and to contaminate the message in such a manner that we have lost the fragrance of the gospel. In Matthew chapter 25, we read a story that we have heard throughout our lives of five who was wise and five who was foolish. All of them was a picture of purity. All of them is a picture of being positioned to receive or to be received by the bridegroom when he came. 
But five of them foolishly failed to understand the importance of possessing that which they needed. Can I tell you this morning, it's not enough to be molded into that which men would say that we should be. But today, you and I have to understand that there is only one thing that is able to bring about that which is needed in this hour, and that is the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. It is that which brings the anointing that is able to break the yokes off of men. Uh, I have to remind you today that when you begin to read through the New Testament of your Bible, you will find that there is a story that is mentioned in three Gospels. Uh, and it is of a woman that we believe is Mary. Uh, that she was a woman of sin is what the writer in the book of Luke says. And she came into the house uh, in Bethany and she took an alabaster box full of precious fragrance and she broke that box and she dumped it on the head of Jesus while he sat amongst those uh, that was present and she stood behind him and she began to wipe his feet with her hair and tears falling down her face but in that moment we failed to understand that something happened uh, that needed to happen and it changed the landscape of time forever and that was in that moment uh, Jesus began to smell different than he ever had in his earthly life. Uh, and there had to be an anointing of his body for the burial. Uh, and there would never be another opportunity for that to take place. Uh, and there was somebody with pure worship in their heart uh, that said, I know what he's done for me. I, I know that he is the answer. Uh, and I got to get to where he is. Uh, when she came in, uh, she wasn't wanted. She wasn't welcome. Uh, she wasn't of the status of those around the table but when she came in and she had that oil it began to change the aroma of the room and from that moment on when Jesus found himself in Pilate's hall there was a fragrance on him when he was under the weight of the old rugged cross there was a fragrance on him when they drove the nails in his hands and his feet there was a fragrance on him when they placed him in a borrowed tomb there was a fragrance on him when he resurrected and he said don't touch me there was still a fragrance on him and can I tell you this morning we have gotten so sophisticated we've gotten so polished that we no longer smell like oil but what we've done is allowed men to come along and say well you need to do this and you need to be this and you need to look like this and act like this but the problem this morning is we don't have anybody that smells like oil and therefore we come in and we go out the same way we came. But can I tell you this morning, God says, I still have oil. I'm not here with a judgmental spirit this morning, but I do come with a heart full of love to tell you that there must be once again a willingness amongst the people of God to go and buy oil for yourself. I got to I got to bust your bubble this morning, maybe. Uh, but I got to tell you this morning that that Mr. Wonderful and altogether Sister Wonderful uh, is not going to bring you revival. Uh, they're not going to bring you healing. Uh, they're not going to bring you deliverance. Uh, but you're going to have to go get some oil. 
It's not enough to walk in a manner that appears right before man. But there must be some stained garments again. Been worn by those that have purchased some oil with a great anticipation that the bridegroom is coming. Let me ask you this question this morning. When was the last time you heard a message about heaven? When was the last time you heard a message about the expectation of being with him and leaving all of this mess behind? We're in a culture today where we have men and women gracing the platforms of the church and they're telling everybody how to be wonderful and altogether lovely now. But can I tell you, this is not our home. (coughs) We're only here for a moment. We are not a fleshly body with the spirit, but we are spirit with a temporary fleshly body. And we are all going to live in eternity somewhere. And I will tell you this morning that those that are foolish will find themselves knocking on the door. And I'm not talking about those that are out in the world doing what the world does. They know where they're at. For the most part, they know what they need to do. But there is a large majority of men and women across this nation and the nations of the world that has been led to believe that they can walk into the house of God on Sunday morning. They can look a certain way. They can give a tithe. They can give an offering. Uh, They can volunteer here or do this or do that. Uh, And they've never been taught uh, that they got to go get some oil. Uh, And they're going to wake up one day uh, and they're going to realize and they're going to hear something. Uh, God help the shepherds uh, that's been leading them to a place that they should not be. Uh, I don't want to be in that number, uh, but I got to come and tell you and I got to unload myself this morning and tell you uh, that there is a God that loves you enough uh, that he provided a place for you to get some oil. He done paid for it. You just got to be willing to get it. But can I tell you this morning, without the oil, there will be no fragrance. And if there is no fragrance, there is no light to illuminate your path. Please hear me this morning. The Gospel of Luke simply says, Jesus in chapter 21 was talking to his disciples and Things was going on. Men was giving out of their abundance. And there was a little lady that didn't have anything. And she gave all that she had. And Jesus uses it as a teachable moment. And he says, look around. And he said, there's going to be a day where there's not going to be a stone left upon another. And it's like, well, when will this be? And he begins to give them some things. But then he goes on and he begins to go beyond that. And talking about in the future, he said, there is also a day coming. He said, there's a day coming when the nations are going to be in disarray. There's going to be a day when the hearts of men are failing. (coughs) Excuse me. There's going to be a day when all kinds of uncertainty is happening. You can read all of this in Luke chapter 21. He said, there'll be signs in the sun. There'll be signs in the moon. There'll be all kinds of things happening. But when you see these things begin to come to pass, he said, look up and lift up your head. For your redemption draws nigh. Can I tell you, we must realize once again the value of a lamp.
that is trimmed and burning. May I remind you in Psalms 119, the psalmist writes these words in verse 104 and 105. Through thy precepts I get understanding. That's through the teachings of God's word. Through the word of God I get understanding. Therefore I hate every false way. There's a lot of false ways. But he says, thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. We often hear that. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Thank you, my brother. And we find this today. But in order for that lamp to be effective, has to be some oil in it. You see, I have a, I, I, I'm not a collector of many things. But I have a few things that are precious to me. But one of the things that I have that's precious to me, it's an old colo lamp. It belonged to a dear old lady. My brother used to make sure that she was taken care of and those types of things. But when I was about 16 years old, she became ill. 16, 17 years of age, I found myself going every evening an old farmhouse making sure that she received her medicine and slept on the floor the first night but after that I slept in the car uh, in the in the in the in on the chair the rest of the nights after that because the rats was bigger than cats in that place and I said now I'm sleeping on the floor no more but old Eileen Fushner she was precious and she began to call me she said she said you're my doctor and I, I made sure, and I, I just helped make sure that she had her medicine and ate of the evening, those types of things. Then shortly after, she passed away. But I ended up with an old coal oil lamp. And it's sitting on my dresser today. But can I tell you, while it's precious to me, at this moment, it has no value because there's no oil in it. It can do nothing for me other than just remind me of someone that I loved. But can I tell you, if I put some oil in it, and if I trim the wick of it, it could illuminate my house. Hear me. Because of the oil. You and I today need to understand that it's not enough for us just to go along with what has been taught. There is no substitute, please hear me, for the anointing. The prophet Isaiah said in Isaiah chapter 10, I believe it's verse 27, he simply said that it shall come to pass in that day that his burden will be taken away from off thy shoulders and yoke off thy neck and the yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing. Or it could be translated because of the oil. Can I tell you, it is the anointing that breaks the yokes of sin in every generation. Richard Halverson made this statement. He's an author. Wrote on many different things. But I found this quote to be quite interesting. He said, when the Greeks got the gospel, they turned it into a philosophy. When the Romans got it, they turned it into a government. When the Europeans got it, they turned it into a culture. 
And when the Americans got it, they turned it into an enterprise. God help us this morning to have the wisdom and the fortitude to shut down the business and to return to a place of humility. Let us once again become those with oil-stained garments that have an aroma about us that changes the atmosphere in our homes, in our cities, and in our churches, as well as our nation. We have been taught for years, if we do a certain thing or act a certain way, then we are good. Can I tell you, the truth is, it doesn't matter how well you fit into the molds that men have created. Unless you possess oil, it's not enough. Can I remind you of a story in your Bible? A man passes away. He has two sons. His widow was left mourning the loss of her husband. When all of a sudden there's a knock at her door and says, listen, there's some debt here that has to be paid. If it isn't paid, I'm taking your children and I'm going to make them bondmen until the debt is paid in full. She comes and begins to cry to the man of God. And he said, what is it that you have in your house? She said, I don't have anything. Just a little cruise of oil. He says, take what you have. Go borrow vessels and borrow not a few. Bring them into your house and close the door. Listen, she didn't have anything by the world standard. She didn't have anything that was glamorous. All she had was a little oil. Can I tell you by the world standard, I don't have a lot of glamorous things maybe. And that's all right. Somebody did tell me I had swag last night, though I will take that because I did have some haydus on, all right? So I got a little swag. I may not have much, but I got swag according to Gross there. So, but all right. But, after what I, had, but I say that to say this. It don't matter what the world thinks we have. Can I tell you? I'm probably not going to be the most hip preacher. I'm probably not going to be the most elegant preacher. I'm not probably going to be the most liked preacher. I'm not going to have the preacher that has the most hair. We all know that. Just get over it. Uh, You know, uh, uh, and all these things. I I could tell you a whole thing that I'm not going to have. None of that matters if there's some oil. Because can I tell you, it's not about how well I deliver this message today. But what it is about is when somebody calls in the evening hours and says, can we come to church tomorrow and can you pray over a call so that healing can come? Can I tell you, that's about oil. And there's a generation that's been taught how to look a certain way and act a certain way. And, and, and they, they, they've been told uh, if you do this and if you do that, then, then everything's going to be well. Uh, but there's never any emphasis on oil. <coughs> but I'm here to tell you we are no longer in the last days. But we are in the last moments of the last days. And if you would ever, ever so quietly just settle yourself just for a few moments and just let everything get still around you, 
and you sit alone in the presence of God. I'm beginning to hear in my spirit an ever so faint cry that's getting louder and louder and louder. And it is this. The bridegroom is coming. See, all of the noise of a world is drowning it out because it's, it's not been vocal like it needs to be from the platform in America today. And, and I'm not being judgmental, but I'm just being honest today to tell you that, that I, I want you to have a blessed life now. And, and I, I want you to be successful now. And, I, and, and all of those things uh, are fine. But can I tell you, it's not about the now, but it's about eternity. And it's about understanding. I don't want you to sit here and say, well, you told me I was fine. And, and I don't want you to live a foolish life. Uh, I, don't, I don't want you to think that you can just come in and come out. But I'm going to tell you, you got to possess oil for yourself. Hear me this morning. There was 10 of them sitting there. They all had the right garment on. They was all pure. They was all virgins. But only five of them was wise because they said this, I got to have my lamp, but I also got to have my vessel of oil. And they went and they rested and it was the custom of that time that they would go and they would be ready and they would be prepared because they never knew what time he was coming, but it was always anticipation and they always knew. And they, but all of a sudden they began to hear the cries. They were sleeping and slumbering. Hey, the bridegroom's coming. Nobody told them, oh, he's five miles away or he's 30 minutes away. No, they just said he's coming. They knew that the process had began. They knew that he was stepping out from where he had been and now he was moving towards his bride and he was getting ready to bring her behind the door. But all of them was there. All of them was sleeping and slumbering, but yet five of them did not have to worry because they knew that they had what they needed when he came because they had oil. But five of them was foolish, hear me. They knew that it took oil for their lamp to burn, but yet they did not think it was important enough to go get some oil. They thought they could get it from somebody else. Can I tell you, you've been led to believe that if I can just go to church on Sunday, they can pray for me and I'll get what I need. But listen, I can't go home with you today. I can't be with you at three o'clock in the morning. But you gotta have some oil. And when you got oil, there's an anointing. There's a fragrance. And when it's present, things change. I pray you hear my heart this morning and please do not be offended, but I've got to just be very honest with you. Don't play the part of the fool. There is only two categories this morning. Those that have purchased oil for themselves and those that have not. You're fooling yourself this morning. If you think, if I go to church, I'm good. Maybe you're in the other group. Well, if I go to church and I look a certain way and act a certain way, then I'm good. Maybe you're in another group that says, well, if I go to church and look a certain way, act a certain way, and do this list of things that they have said we need to do. Listen, I'm all about living a life that is pleasing to God. 
But I don't care how well you keep a standard set by men. Well, I believe we need a standard, and I'll say that boldly this morning. If you don't possess oil, you can keep all of the standards that men has created and still die lost and go to hell. I got to remind you this morning, in Matthew chapter number 7, and I'm going to bring this to a close in just a moment. Matthew chapter 7, verse 21. It says, not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. I gotta pause there before I read the rest of it. I gotta ask you, I'm not talking to anybody else, but I'm asking you, are you in this moment doing the will of the Father? Are you doing what you've been called and created to do? I don't want no excuses. Well, once I get this much money, or once I get this done, once I get that, no, 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 no. I don't have a promise of tomorrow. Uh, today is the day that I've got. Uh, so today I must be doing the will of the Father. Uh, I gotta do it to the best of my ability. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? And in thy name have we not cast out devils? And in thy name have we not done wonderful works? And then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. Hear me this morning. Those that will hear those words are those that was foolish and set, waited for his return, maybe even anticipated his return, but felt it was not necessary to have oil. There was five that committed one of the most dangerous sins that any of us could ever commit. And I'm just going to hit this and then I'm, I'm, I'm leaving. I'm going to leave it lay this morning. But out of the 10, there was five that was there that committed a sin that every one of us at some point in our life has committed, and I pray you're not doing it right now. That is this. They committed the sin of idleness. They chose to set idle and to set in a place of comfort instead of going and possessing what they know they needed to have. Can I tell you what got David in trouble with Bathsheba? was not his look over the balcony. That wasn't what got him in trouble. You know what got him in trouble? He chose to be idle. He chose not to put on his armor and go fight the battle. And if you read the text, you will find it was in the afternoon before the sun went down. He was lying in bed sleeping. He never planned. Get this. He never planned on getting hooked up with the beautiful woman next door. But because he sat in a place of idleness and he woke up and he walked outside the enemy, placed his eyes in areas that it should have never been. And because he was idle, he didn't have any oil. A man that was after God's own heart. A man that had killed giants, that had grabbed the beard of the beast and slew it with his hands. But when he sat down and he became idle and said, I, I got my lamp, 
necessarily need any oil right now. Hear me. We have a generation today that needs to understand the value of oil. When I minister one-on-one to people, this is what I often hear as they come to the music this morning. Is everything good with you and the Lord? Well, I was baptized when I was eight. Or I was baptized when I was 12. I'm not speaking ill of that, but the question is this. Do you have any oil right now? I understand that salvation is a gift and we don't earn it. I'm not talking about that. But I'm here to tell you this morning that if we're going to walk in and dwell in the presence of God and we're going to experience the things that God says we can have, it will only be because we have some oil-stained garments. Many times throughout history, We have seen mere men, mere women, who was willing to say no to everything else and say yes to God and be labeled as radical and weird and all kinds of things. I've sat with men that have given their lives to prayer. I've sat with a former multimillionaire that had everything going on, California, had the real estate market by the tail, doing it all. And God said, that's not what I'm calling you to. I'm calling you to a place of prayer. I want you to leave everything, and I want you to just do what I called you to. And he said, God, what are you calling me to? He said, I'm calling you to the Vatican to go and kneel down on those cobbled stones, and I want you to sit, and I want you to pray every day. Just a few years ago, I was with him. He was leaning heavily on a big walking stick because his knees are destroyed. He can't hardly walk and move. He's been kicked. He's been spat on. He's been abused in all types of ways. But he said, I just got to have some oil. Many years ago, you will find on the cover of Time magazines a man outside the hospital window when the Pope was hospitalized. He was that man. He said, I got to keep praying. Because he understood the value of oil. Can I be transparent and honest with you this morning? And I'm closing. Man, I miss my daddy. Those things that embarrassed me when I was a kid. Oh, how I'd long to hear it one more time. I just got to ask you, has your, has your baby boy, has your baby girl heard you cry out from the register? Man, because she was filling back up with oil. Oh, I miss the fragrance. 
think God just patted me on the shoulder this morning just to in worship because I don't know what happened to this worship team this morning, but they almost acted Pentecostal. I kind of liked it. I got, a, I got a little whiff of oil. And I said, God, why can't this be? I'm not saying we got to go back to 1980, 1970. I'm not, I'm not saying that. But I am saying that we got to go back to what Brother Dalton had. When my daddy and my mama set my older brother Phil in his lap and said, they said he's not going to live. And he just laid hands on him and prayed for him and healing came. We do have to go back to what Sister Bernie Grant had that by the action of the Holy Spirit just began to sing amazing grace. How sweet the sound. All that saved a wretch like me. All the missing fragrance. Knowing what I was ministering on, we we left here yesterday evening and Min Debbie, we was we went over Bacunkle's little cruise in and Debbie had no idea what I was preaching on today. And we walked by the first two cars there, and she said, Man, these cars even smell old. I was like, oh. missing fragrance does your children does your grandchildren what are they smelling don't be foolish I'm thankful for all the advancements and I'm not really interested in going back to a pot belly stove in a garage but if we had to. But we don't have to. Because we can buy of the oil in the midst of our blessing. Amen. If we desire to. Where's the oil? Honestly, I could just sit here and listen to that music right there because I love that song. Because there's such power in the words of it. Give my life to you. This morning as we stand all over this house. I want to say this to you. With all of the love that I have this morning. There's not a third category or a fourth category. There's only two categories this morning. And I'm not questioning whether you're saved. I'm not, I'm not, not, not questioning that this morning. But there, you're in one or two categories. You're in those that are wise. And you got oil? Or you're foolish this morning? 
I'm not concerned about your career path. I'm not concerned about how much money you make it. I'm not concerned about, about all your aspirations. Listen, I, I'll celebrate all those things with you. But none of that matters this morning. But what matters this morning is this. Is do you have oil? You say, is it really that important, preacher? Absolutely, because can I tell you, you don't know who you're going to come in contact with before this day's over. Here's the truth of the matter. When you walk out of this house, if you go anywhere in this community today, you're going to come in contact with people that are broken, that are diseased, that are hurting, that are feeling unloved, a whole list of things. And they're just needing somebody to have oil. Because see, the oil, it is the Holy Spirit of God. And it directs us, it guides us. It shows us things that was and even things that are to come. But it also empowers us to be witnesses in the present. You see, you don't have to bring somebody to the church to be healed. You are the church and therefore you can be the healing power that they need. You can flow in that moment. Maybe it's in the deli aisle at Kroger or maybe it's at the pop stop at wherever you go to and drink those things that you shouldn't be drinking and all of that caffeine and stuff that you know you think you got to have and maybe maybe you're walking in your t-shirt and your baseball hat and you don't have your Sunday attire on none of that really matters what matters is that you have oil I don't, I don't want to just keep doing. Can I tell you, I, I want to be amongst the fragrance of oil. Somebody, somebody needs you to have oil. See, this oil just isn't for us to make it into his presence, but this oil takes us into his presence, but in his presence, there begins to be revelation and greater revelation, and then we began to be emboldened, empowered, and we're able to step beyond that veil, and we're able to minister to a hurting, dying world. There is no reason, and this isn't about church growth, this isn't about numbers in the natural, but there is no reason why Every church in Connersville, Indiana should not double in size come next Sunday. Because if you're oozing with oil, you'll bring somebody with you. Because you began to, you began to have this, this yearning, this heaviness. Let's not be foolish this morning. I'm not asking you to look like me, talk like me, be like me. You don't want to be me. Even though I do have swag, you don't want to be me. God created you to be you. All right? But you need to be the you that God called you to be, and that you is a you that has an abundance of oil. So here's what I'm going to do today. As they just begin to minister in song, I'm going to call us to an old-fashioned altar this morning.
You can stand. You can kneel. But I want you to be honest before God. I want you to ask yourself this question. How much oil do I have right now? This is not condemning. This is a place of strength. This is acknowledging that, you know what? I may have a lamp, but is it burning? Maybe you have oil, but maybe you haven't trimmed that wick for a while. Maybe you need to trim that this morning. But today, you'd say, at some point in this message, the Holy Spirit has pricked my heart and has let me know that I need to be a partaker of oil. And I want that fragrance. Maybe you've smelled it at some point in time in your life, but you haven't smelled it for a while. And you say, I'd like to, I'd like to get into that, that aroma again. Would you just step out of your seat and come join me in the front of this building? I want you to just pray this morning. Maybe everything's well with you today. Maybe you got more oil than you can handle. But there's a church world around us. And I'd ask you to join with me as we pray and say, God, let us begin to be saturated in oil again. Hey everyone, uh, Cameron here from PTC Ministries. I'm so glad that you could join us today uh, for the message here. Uh, I hope the message touched you uh, in a personal way and that you could take that and mold that and move it and let it move you in your life. And as you can continue your walk with Christ, continue your walk with us as well. Follow us, uh, click in the link below in the description there. Follow us on all of our social media platforms and don't forget to uh, like and subscribe. I feel like a YouTuber here, but don't forget to like and subscribe to our YouTube channel to uh, stay connected with us. Um, and thank you for joining us.